Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. When your boss wants to be involved and informed of everything, sometimes all you can do is maliciously comply. We'll get into that in a bit, but first, don't think, just do. When I was a young Air Force Staff Sergeant at a deployed location, I correctly applied Air Force Instruction AFI, to a situation that inconvenienced a large group of contractors. When my flight chief, a Master Sergeant, verbally reprimanded me for supposedly violating local policy, I pointed out that the local policy was unlawful and void on the basis that it contradicted AFI, which is the highest level of lawful order that can be given by anyone in the Air Force. Whereas local policy was an order given by a major, the AFI was an order that was given by a general. Thus, the local policy was an unlawful order insofar that it directed me to violate an order given by some superior in rank to the major. Now these days, AFIs allow certain levels of command to waive certain AFI requirements, but they outline the level of higher command which must approve the deviation. And it's a lengthy process of documentation. It's not something that can just be waived willy-nilly by a commander because he or she can't meet the requirement, which is what the case was at this particular location. Anyway, I stood my ground and explained to Master Sergeant Z why I did what I did, using not only the AFI itself, but thoughtful reasoning as to why my response ought to take precedence over the local policy, even if we were to ignore the superiority of AFI. He responded with, and I quote, Listen, Staff Sergeant. He said staff sergeant in a very condescending tone when i give you an order don't think just do fast forward to the tail end of the deployment i was summoned to his office to sign a document as i approached someone was exiting the room and held the door open for me so i entered that's when he started berating me for entering without knocking he ordered me to exit the room but this time i was to knock and await instructions before opening the door So I promptly turned around and, in verbatim compliance with his directive, I knocked on the door and waited to be told to exit. He flipped his crap and yelled about how I was being a smart but insubordinate, and I informed him that I was simply doing as he ordered me to do without thinking, as he had previously ordered me to do. Anyway, he issued a letter of counseling, which I delightfully rebutted by pointing out that I was simply complying with his orders. I got the LOC rescinded, and we parted ways after the deployment had ended, never to meet again. I'm now retired and enjoying life, but I would occasionally tell this story to my colleagues as a warning about abusing one's rank to win an argument and to ignore sound reasoning. Yes, there are times in the military when one must simply follow the orders that he or she is given, but those scenarios are usually restricted to combat and other emergency type settings which the one I described was not. In a situation like this where you're under somebody who expects you to work and operate like a mindless drone, but you're somebody that definitely has your own quips and funnies and you don't like to be treated like you're just some mindless worker, is that a bad combination in a situation like this? Like, should it be a job requirement that you have to be able to just turn your brain off and go to mindless drone mode? Also, hi, I'm Steven, and if you enjoy hearing awesome stories of malicious compliance, why not hit those like and subscribe buttons down below? That said, our next story is, wanna fry your own pancakes? Sure. I'm someone who loves to cook, 
and sometimes I make food for my family. I cook a lot and I'd say I'm fairly decent at it. One morning I was preparing to make American pancakes when my mom walks in the kitchen. She gets excited about the pancakes but tells me to save some batter so that she can fry her own pancakes because she wants them to be perfect. My dad usually fries them and he's a master. I've learned from him but my mom has no idea how to fry American pancakes. I follow her request and finish cooking the rest of the batter. I serve up the pancakes I've made and they're perfectly golden brown and fluffy. Now it's her turn on the stove and she soon realizes her mistake. She can't get the temperature right, uses too much oil and flips them way too late. Hers turn out burnt and flat and everyone else has finished eating by now. Safe to say she wanted my pancakes in the end. I can't help but just think about having a nice stack of fluffy pancakes now, thanks OP. Our next story is, Workforce Commission insists I come in to take a bunch of online tests despite not having a sitter telling me to figure it out. Several years ago, in the wake of separating from my ex-husband, I applied for Temporary Assistance for Needy Families, or TANF, which provides $300 or so a month for a certain number of months to those who qualify. I was also applying for SNAP benefits, WIC and childcare assistance, which has a six-month waiting list. My now ex-husband was a real piece of work. He went to prison almost immediately after I left. We have three kids together, ages 6, 4, and 2. I was a stay-at-home mom until this point. When I applied to the assistance programs in my area, the TANF required me to go into the workforce center and apply for jobs there. They made me an appointment, and I went in with my three kids, filed some paperwork, and they asked me to come in the next day for around three hours to take some aptitude tests on the computer. Three hours? Tomorrow? I won't be able to get a sitter this short notice. They say we'll figure it out because you can't get TANF without doing this. I shrug and say okay. The next day I show up on time with my three kids. I sign in and sit in the waiting area. A lady comes in from another part of the building to get me. She calls my name. I raise my hand and start to gather my children to proceed with her. She takes one look at us and says, You can't have your kids here. You have to sit here and take these tests. I said I told you all I didn't have a sitter, but they said, Oh well, you have to be here, so I'm here. She said, Okay, no, come with me. We're getting your childcare assistance right now. Do you have a facility in mind with open spots? I said, I think so, but I'll need to call and verify that. She said, Do that right now while I start your paperwork. So I call the daycare, verify the spots, and they offered me a job in the infant room. She had me come back the next day after I dropped the kids off at the daycare to do the testing, even though I'd already gotten a job, and she sped along all of the applications for assistance. That woman was a godsend during a very trying time in my life. Now, I don't know if she, like, just personally went above and beyond what she was normally allowed to do, or if she had the clearance to do such a thing, but thank God for a woman like that who's willing to help out somebody who clearly is trying to get whatever help they can and is at least willing to show up with their kids there with them. This next story is, I want to be notified about every single critical issue, and then he greatly regretted it. Years ago, I ran the daily operations of a mid-size IT company, Large enterprise, government, medical, and other facilities would outsource their IT to the team I ran. We had departments that supported us with finance and sales, but all other operations fell under my management. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. 
But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So, take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. I answered to the owner of that company, who was great when we started off together, but over time grew very resentful and abusive. Long ago, he worked in IT, but nowadays, his skills were outdated and his knowledge was on par with a Tier 1 technician. But if he actually tried to do the job then the actual tier 1s would have easily outperformed him. I oversaw a few dozen technicians, and we managed IT for thousands of companies, with each technician closing approximately 150 tickets a day, empowered by automation and their own knowledge. Since these companies and government entities were responsible for things like actual 911 services, running prisons, doing dangerous pressure testing in environments with explosion risks and more you can imagine, we were routinely receiving tickets that were urgent. In fact, we had a system clearly defined that dictated exactly what criteria constituted an emergency versus an urgency. Even with all that in place, half our tickets would meet the criteria of being an emergency. Things as simple as a camera not working could mean not seeing criminals waiting on the other side of a door, for example. My team lived every day fully immersed in emergency to the point where we were all dead inside. We would rise to the responsibility and treat it appropriately, but when everything is an emergency, nothing is an emergency. We regularly heard compliments about how cool-headed and calm we were able to respond to emergencies, which was always funny to us because internally we knew it was because we stopped giving a freak years ago, but still knew how to be professional. Over time, feedback from coworkers regarding things said behind my back and to my face, I can only assume the owner felt threatened by me and the way the team looked to me to lead. He would give them bad instructions or orders they knew would go against something standard, and they would look to me to confirm. He accused me of a lot of horrible things, got really abusive, and would routinely try to tear me down in front of everyone. I essentially lived on call 24-7, and would rely on technicians being skilled enough to not escalate to me after hours, but it was unavoidable. When they knew a choice had to be made, and not just a solution provided, they would always call to ask which I preferred. No big deal, it helped me keep clients happy by choosing options I knew they would want from my experience with their managers. Sometimes I would be unavailable when they would try to call, and as an alternative, if they couldn't reach a senior engineer on our team, they would finally surrender and call the owner. They didn't want to be responsible for bad decisions, and I don't blame them. Calling the owner gave them some Sia, cover your butt, 
every time this would happen, the owner would always drastically exaggerate the urgency of the situation and treat it like it was the biggest case we had in months. It was always all hands on deck needed to support him in this crisis that he was creating, and so more technicians would get involved, and drastically more hours invested than necessary. Then he would inevitably pat himself on the back for how great he is in solving this massive emergency, use it to highlight why he's around and how the big problems go to him, then circle back to me to rip me apart in front of everyone once we're all back in the office to show how I'm not managing my responsibilities and how much better he is than myself. To quote an old line from a crappy movie, to him, it was the biggest emergency in months, but to me, it was Tuesday. Anyways, not to get too boring and rant too much, he ripped me in front of everyone, took me behind closed doors to yell at me how this one particular emergency could have cost us so much money, cost us the customer, and it's all my fault. I'm tired of his crap, so I tell him how it could have been resolved compared to how he resolved it and that he's so unaware of daily operations, he has no idea how insignificant this issue was by comparison. He assures me that he is aware of every detail going on in this company at all times, he's not, and that if emergencies are happening, then he needs to be notified of them. I tell him he's underestimating how many emergencies happen, and he's fuming that I'm not taking his crap. He makes a mistake and demands yelling, from now on I want to be notified about every single critical issue. I ask him if he's fine with me notifying him by email. He screams back, do whatever the freak you want. I want to be notified about every single freaking critical issue from now on. So I promise him I will absolutely notify him and keep him informed of everything from here forward. He's the boss. For anyone not aware, a common form of malicious compliance in the IT world is for someone to invest a very small amount of effort into scripting or automating something that causes another person's life to be a living nightmare? The boss is old and operates slowly through his day using email. He never goes into the ticket system and doesn't abide by any of the policies he screams at people for not following. In our ticket system, the tickets assigned to him are like entering a graveyard of endless promises that never happen and constant lies about not seeing that email. It takes me all of two minutes to set up a rule that our system automatically sends him an email absolutely any time a ticket is marked critical. Even if it's done incorrectly and someone more senior corrects it back to a lower status, too late, email is already sent. Immediately he gets hundreds of emails for his own existing tickets, then thousands more follow for all the other tickets. His inbox is so out of control that his lies about not seeing that email are suddenly made real. Making the situation even funnier, he was meeting with a client at their office when the tones on his phone started going off every time he received an email. He started texting me not even half an hour after the automated rules creation, asking me to turn it off, explaining how it's impacting his meeting. I ignored his texts and let the rule run long enough that I was sure his inbox was royally screwed and he would have to ask me in person to turn it off. Instead of apologizing, he told me to turn the notifications off in person, but also made it clear that I needed to get to work to get things under control. Clearly, it was my bad leadership causing there to even be so many emergencies in the first place. 
If these are all emergencies, then why are technicians going home at the end of the day and so on? A few weeks after this, I had a new job offer that I accepted. I didn't even give him notice when I quit. I walked in on Monday morning and grabbed two things off my desk, went and found him, and handed him the keys to the building and looked him in the eyes and told him, you know, you're a real piece of crap. He was fuming, but didn't say a word as I walked out the door. Within a year of me leaving, his company quickly began to fail. Last I saw, he only has three people working for him now, and he had to sell the building they owned and move into a much more older, more shabby one in a different part of town. I mean, I've heard of micromanagers that want to stay on top of all of these little issues, but somebody that's that far out of touch who simultaneously wants to be informed of every little issue and doesn't know how anything underneath them really should operate? I mean, you could see the outcome coming. I mean, obviously OP knew they had to get out of there. This company was in an absolute tailspin and there was no saving it. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now, if you want to hear another absolutely awesome malicious compliance story, check out that video on the left. Or if you missed my latest video, check out that video on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories.